Welcome to the Littlestown Chapel Podcast. Make sure to check us out on the web at littlestownchapel.org. Now, we hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Joshua Stratton. Well, we are smack dab in the middle of a series uh, called It's Time. It's Time. And this is the theme for the year, and we're fleshing this out a little bit. Uh, We have the last couple of weeks, and we'll continue to do so. And really, we're looking at what does it mean that we are saved? Salvation means something. And if that's true, then if salvation is, it means something, then it's, it's time. See, the scripture says, now is the time for salvation. There is not a, 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 a waiting. Salvation begins today. God comes into our lives when we put your faith in Jesus Christ, and he starts something new. We've been talking about that. Um, over the last couple of weeks. And today we're looking at the idea that when, when God comes into our lives, it's like a fresh start. It's like, um, I used to work in the computer labs at um, uh, uh, school, my college. And the number one thing that I used to tell people when they needed help with their computer because it was frozen or whatever, was reboot. That's what will fix it 99% of the time. The only thing I can really do for you is reboot it. And that is what God does for us. He reboots it. It's a fresh start. Um, in, in high school, I was a, a, a quiet kid. In fact, you know how they do those like uh, senior superlatives, you know? Uh, most of you would probably be like, what? But I was actually nominated in my uh, in my homeroom, the homeroom's nominated people. I was nominated as most quiet. Yeah, which is, which is crazy. You would think, no way. And the reality is, is I could not be myself throughout high school and grade school and stuff like that in most circumstances because I, I had anxiety, right? I got trapped in what, what I was worried about what other people thought about me. I was worried about what I was capable of doing and, and looking dumb if I couldn't do it, you know? And all these thoughts would come into my head and I was frozen, especially in situations with people that I didn't know very well. And I had trouble, I had trouble talking to the teachers. I had trouble talking to, to people that were in my, my uh, classes. But if you got to know me, if, if like I was in uh, the band uh, in high school, and those people, they could not believe that my name was on the roster, was on the ballot for uh, Most Shy, because that wasn't me. In fact, I was not an introvert at all, and I'll be honest, um, people like fuel me, you know, I love, I love, uh, 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 being up front here with you guys, you know, but my high school crew, they'd be like, what in the world? Who is this guy? He turned out to be a pastor. No way. He, he, he leads some things. He stands up in front of hundreds of people. No, no way. 
And the reason that, the reason that was is because I was so afraid. Now, I, I didn't get most shy because I campaigned, and uh, that doesn't work when you're trying to run for most shy. Um, <laughs> now, going into my senior year, God was doing something in me, and he changed me. And I found like a new ability to, because of my faith in God, it was like uh, in my senior year, my faith started to become my own and not my parents. And I saw God push me out of my comfort zone, allow me to do things I didn't think I was capable of doing. And then I realized who I really was. And I wasn't being who I really was because I was afraid. And so going into college, I made a commitment to myself and to God, and I said, I'm going to try to live as the person I think you have called me to be. And so when I went off to college, it was like a clean slate, like a reboot, like a new life, a fresh start, like a blank sheet of paper that I could kind of put what I thought that God was telling me that I was. And so when I got into things, that, and it was hard. I'm talking about like way out of my comfort zone. I signed up for clubs that were out of my comfort zone. I took leadership of things that was way out of my comfort zone. I was leading stuff at our Christian fellowship. I was standing in front of people, and, and I had committed, like, I'm going to try to make as many friends as I could, because that fills me up, you know? And I would stand in the back of our Christian fellowship on campus, and I would be that guy that was, like, shaking hands and saying, hey, what's up? You know, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. In fact, that's one of the reasons why my wife married me. True story. She'll tell you that. She's in the back. Um, <laughs> and and I, that like, like transformed my life. It did. Because I was able to, because of my relationship with God, put some things on the side and be who God really created me to be. Uh, one, one story I want to share with you that, that kind of shows the change in who I was, was I had some friends that were uh, not believers and they really struggled with uh, getting drunk all the time. And, and they, they, they said like, you know, you, you want to have fun? You need to go get drunk, you know? And I, uh, I, I wanted to show them and other people on campus, because let's be honest, the college experience is not sober. Um, I wanted to show people that you could have fun and not get drunk. You could have fun and not be wasted on something. And so I found out that you could, you could put root beer in a keg. Did you know that? <laughs> and so I, I got a keg, and I actually invited all my friends. I invited all the neighbors. I went door to door in my apartment complex, you know. Hey, I'm having a root beer kegger. And, and after the initial shock, like, they were like, okay, yeah, I'll go, you know. And at one point, we had like 150 people shoved into my apartment. It was the most wild experience that you could imagine. And I have, believe it or not, I had a buddy who was like really into video, and he made a video of this, and I have a little clip for you. <laughs> Root beer kegers, guys. People, people had a blast that night, and, and uh, I had one of, the, one of my friends that I invited to it, uh, he lived uh, in another apartment complex, um, he was one of those like marijuana culture guys, you know, like he didn't just like smoke it. It was like his 
identity, right? He's got the tie-dye all the time. He had the longer hair. I'm pretty sure he had a Jerry Garcia hacky sack. I mean, this guy's the real dude, right? And um, we, he, he came to this, this party, and I remember a couple days later, he said, you know, that was really crazy. I can't believe everybody was having so much fun, and, and they were sober, you know? And we had a couple good spiritual conversations after that, and he started popping into the Christian fellowship and, and considering his relationship with God, and, and he started making some changes. He gave up smoking, and he, he, he actually changed his, got a haircut, I mean, you know. <laughs> and, and this is the kind of thing, you know, I, that, that if I hadn't seen myself in Jesus and found my fresh start, I w- there would have been no root beer kager. There would have been no knocking on the doors. There would have been no me being me. I, I would have been a lie. And I still struggle with this kind of stuff, you know? But man, God has transformed my life. He's given us all a fresh start, a new you, the real you. That's what salvation is. And I don't want any of us to sell ourselves short. Uh, I, I, tonight, today, as we study this, open up your heart. Really understand what salvation is and how that affects your life. Turn your Bibles with you, if you will, with me to John chapter 3. We're going to look at John chapter 3. The gospel is all about a fresh start, a new you. And we're going to read John chapter 3, verses 1, the notes there say 1 through 7, but I'm going to read 8 too, because I think that's really helpful to to us. And this is, if you're using one of the Bibles here at church, is on page 887, 887. Everybody there? All right. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless the reading of his word this morning. You can say, yeah, you can say amen. That's great. <laughs> and I won't call you out anymore. I won't do it. Okay, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much um, for your word. Living and active, Lord, change us, Lord, as we come before you. Would you show yourself to us? Father, I know I'm, I'm inadequate. I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would teach us. Lord, we we need to hear from you today. And so I just ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. God's word says this. Amen. Now, there was a man. There goes my notes. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from and where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus comes to Jesus. Nicodemus is a powerful man. He's got a lot of prestige, you know? We're going without the notes because they're... (laughs) Pay no attention to that. Nicodemus is a better man than me. Nicodemus is like, he's like way up here, you know? He's actually a, a Pharisee that says there in the scriptures. He's, he, knows, he knows like the scripture inside and out. He's worked his way up. He has, he has this, this, you know, I don't know if you would call it a, a different level of spiritual, spirituality, okay? He's the best of the best, the cream of the crop. In fact, he's on the Sanhedrin council. He is a ruler over the people of Israel. The, the Romans actually have given them authority. Like he's on a board like 70 other people basically uh, 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 governing Israel. And so he sees himself way up here and he comes, I think, Honestly, he comes to Jesus asking questions. And the scripture says he comes at night. And, and some have said that he comes at night simply because the rabbis come at night to talk about theology and stuff like that and, and deal with some of those things, debate into later hours. And there's a lot of evidence about that. But, but I actually think there's something else going on here, kind of John painting the scene. Because we see a lot of light in dark. And we see John, especially in the Gospel of John, this idea of the difference between a God as the light and the darkness that is is the human condition and 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 here comes Nicodemus he 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 sees Jesus but he sees him in a lot of shadow he calls him teacher rabbi he's respectful to them he says clearly there's something about you because you can do these signs you can do these miracles then maybe he's seen some of them or heard something about them. And I'm sure the rule of the Pharisees, you know, they're talking about it because they're concerned for themselves and what this guy's doing and the trouble that he might cause. And he comes to Jesus to ask these questions, but he doesn't see him as Lord. He doesn't see him as a, as a hope for him, but he's He's interested. But he comes with the baggage. He comes in that darkness, in the shadows. He's worked his whole life to build a a, 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 a persona. He's worked his whole life to earn salvation. And he comes in that cloud and in that darkness. And we all have come in the cloud, right? We've all been in our own darkness and our own distance from God with different preconceived ideas and things are fuzzy. And Jesus 
sees who he is. He sees him in the darkness, and he doesn't buy into this little puffed up, you know, hey, you're, you're, I can see you're a great guy. You've been doing these great things. He kind of, he just avoids it. It's actually interesting because it doesn't seem like he, he even engages in the same area of conversation. He cuts right through what Nicodemus says. And what does he say to him? He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you must be born again. Nicodemus coming in the shadows and Jesus cuts right through all that mess and gets right to what's most important. You come here asking me about me and I'm saying, who are you? You really, you really want to know the truth to get into heaven, to be saved, to be in the kingdom of God. It's about being reborn. Who are you? Jesus sees right through everything and cuts to the most important thing. Nicodemus, you're not good enough. Man, we come to God just like that all the time. In the clouds, in, the, in the, 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 the shadows. We come to God and we ask him questions and oftentimes he cuts right through it and gives us an answer and we don't like it because it's not the question that we asked. A couple of months ago, my car had broken down, my wife's car had broken down, and there was a whole bunch of different problems with it. I spent like half my vacation trying to fix it, and after like spending you know, like thousands of dollars trying to fix my, my wife's car, I finally got it going, and then I thought, it's time to go looking for a new car, and so maybe get something with a little bit better gas mileage, and I, want, I went to different places, and I found one, you know, and when I get locked in about finding a car, man, I get locked in, and so I go to my dad, because I love to go to my dad for counsel and I come to him and I give him like this is what I'm, I'm thinking about again what do you think about the price what do you think about this specific car you know do you think it's a good value blah 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 and you know what he does he says well actually you have a car do you want to really take on car payments because if you think about the money you spent now within a couple of months you've already spent that with a car payment and I left going that's not what I asked you dad Man, I want to know what you thought about the car. And after I calmed down, the man was right. The real issue, at least for me in this season of life, is I, I don't need a car payment. <laughs> and I can fix it when it's broken and it's going to be okay. And that was the right thing for me. His advice was right, you know. And how many times do we come to God wanting something, looking for something, even when it comes to, to, to putting our faith in him, and we come to him asking these questions, but it's actually in shadows, it's actually in the darkness, and we're asking the wrong question, and Jesus is saying to you, he's cutting right through all the things, and he's saying, look, you aren't enough. You aren't enough. Before you understand salvation, you've got to understand you need salvation. Nicodemus don't like this, right? 
the next part of the passage, he says, almost in sarcasm, what are you talking about, man? Are you trying to tell me that I'm going to get back into my mother's belly and then be reborn? You know, I think Nicodemus is a little bit more intelligent than that. I think he's actually being sarcastic. (laughs) And Jesus reiterates it. He reiterates it. He says, truly, truly. Now listen to me. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What are you saying? I am a Jew. Are you trying to tell me that I'm not going to receive salvation? Are you trying to tell me that you aren't my God? Are you trying to tell me that I am not one of the chosen people? Jesus is saying, look, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. Nobody becomes saved because their parents did something or their parents' parents did something to earn salvation for them. Nobody becomes saved because of something somebody else did. They only become saved because they put their faith in the only one who could do something about it. God does not have grandchildren. Nobody becomes saved because of something they did. This man was the king of the crop. He spent his own life, his whole life, trying to earn salvation and be the best of the best so that people would see him and know, yeah, he's the best. You tell me that's, that's nothing? You telling me that I'm not saved? You telling me that I'm not good enough? And Jesus is saying, yes. There's no how here. It's who. Who can save you? You've got to be born of water. You've got to be cleansed. You've got to be forgiven. You've got to be made righteous. And you've got to be of the Spirit meaning you've got to be reborn. You've got to be of the Spirit of God. You've got to be coming from Him, not from man. (laughs) Our sin is so bad. There's nothing we can do to come to Him. We've got to be remade. You can put your faith, right? You can say, Jesus came into my life. He died for my sins. He died for my sins. He forgave us the penalty for my sin. He made us right before God. But then what's to keep you from continuing in your sin? What's going to stop you from 10 years down the road? Just continue in eternity, bringing sin into eternity. You've got to be remade. What Jesus is saying here is you're going to be forgiven and you're going to be recreated. A new creation. A new creation. And follow this. This is so cool. 
the spirit that God has put in you when you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, the work that the Holy Spirit of God did in you is without sin. Your spirit is sinless today through the blood of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. You are truly born again, regenerate in the name of Jesus Christ. The spirit inside of you is sinless and it is saying to you, you are secure in your salvation. You will enter into eternity. I've made sure of it. The old broken self, the one that continuously trips up over and over again, the one that's been affected generation to generation, the sins that have been passed down from granddad to dad to you is done. It's over. It's stopped. I've remade you. Your spirit is without sin. And you're saying, but Pastor Josh, I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I still struggle with sin. Friends, there will be a day when the physical you will die too. The spiritual you has died and is reborn and is at war with the physical you in you and the sinful nature of you and your mind, which is being renewed. But it will die at some point and there will be a resurrection and God will bring the spirit back to the physical and humanity will be what it was created to be all along, whole, physical, and spiritual without sin. And we will dance and we will celebrate and we will create and we will love at a level that has never been seen here on earth. Today, salvation is yours. The spirit of God lives in you and has recreated your spirit. And just like in the Garden of Eden, God walks with you and he stays with you and he's committed to you and he's training you and he's developing you so that you would be saved in eternity forever. This is salvation, nothing less. And Nicodemus, I believe he hears this. It takes a little bit. It takes some convincing. Look at what Jesus says again. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, right? He goes down, he talks about that if you want to enter again, he talks about being of the spirit. He says that the flesh gives birth to flesh, but the, the spirit gives birth to spirit. And then look what he says in the next verse in verse eight. He explains it again because Nicodemus needs to hear it. He needs to see himself down here in great need of salvation. And so he says, look, you have no control over this. Let me explain it again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You can do nothing to add or, or gain your salvation or add anything to salvation. It only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. You can't lose it. You never earned it. God gave it to you. He called you out. It's a mystery. There's a word play going on here. The the spirit and the wind is the same word in the Greek, pneuma. And Jesus is saying, 
You don't control the wind. You see it. You see the effects of the wind. It affects you, but you don't have anything to say about it. It's just like when you were born. You didn't have anything to say about it. It's the same thing now in your rebirth when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can't do anything about it. It just happens to you because God says it so, and he makes it so, and his grace comes into you and transforms you. Stop thinking that you can do something. And trust me, a couple of days ago, my daughter was at, uh, we were at some friends, and my daughter was playing with a, another girl, my younger daughter, who uh, was the same age, uh, maybe a year younger, so she's four, and the, the other girl was three, and they were talking about their past and what they could remember from their past. And, and they're in, they're in uh, her, her bedroom, and the door is shut. And uh, I walk by, and I hear this, and I'm just laughing, so I stop for a minute. And, and she's like, yeah, I remember this, and yeah, I can remember this when I was younger. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, they're kind of trumping each other, you know, who, who's, who's got a better memory of the past? <laughs> and Josie says, well, I remember when I was in my mommy's belly. And at that moment, I have to say something. No, you don't. <laughs> Come on now. She says, yes, I do. You know, and I'm just laughing about it because it's ridiculous, right? And so it is that you could think that you could do something to earn your own salvation, that you could do something that's strong enough to actually recreate yourself, to be reborn. That's ridiculous, Nicodemus. How could you think that you could do enough to actually gain your own salvation? You need me. You need me. Give up. Come to me. How are you recreated? through Jesus. So, seek him. Jesus says to Nicodemus, John 3, 16, love the world so much, I give myself for you. He says, I love the world so much and anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. And that's it. And from church history and some of the things we see from, from the scriptures, there's a pretty good idea that Nicodemus gets that fresh start. He gets that reboot. In fact, he's one of the characters that show up at Jesus' death. He brings like pounds and pounds of spices for the burial. This man that he sat in, his, his, in, in, in the evening talking at night, you know, he was moved enough to get over the fear of what others might think or do to him. It ended up costing his career. I mean, anybody who puts their faith in Jesus Christ and is in the old sacrificial system was kind of out of a job. But he lost, according to, to church history, he, he lost his finances. He lost his status. He's kicked out of the synagogue. Martyred for his faith. Because he knew what he did have. A new start. One for eternity. 
One that he could stand up even in the midst of a difficult culture. One warring against him and be candid about his love for Jesus Christ. Friends, this is salvation. I don't know that I can explain it. I've seen people trust in Christ and their whole life turned upside down. Not because they just all of a sudden could try hard enough, but because something spiritual happened inside and God remade them. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ turns from their sin, recognizes they need him, will be saved. And that means something. It means something. It means we will live differently. It means we don't look at ourselves and say, I'm still under the control of sin. Yeah, we were going to struggle with sin, and there'll come a day where God totally redeems the physical body as well. But if you have a sinless, get a sinless spirit in you, then sin no longer controls you. Look, look at this, if you will. I complained about the pink marker, now they give me a purple marker. That's okay. All right, this is the line of your life. Okay? And when salvation happens, let's say salvation is in here. Okay? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who is in Christ, who's put their faith in him, is a new creation. There's an old creation, the old spirit, and then there's the new one that's good enough for eternity. The new creation is without sin. The old creation done away with. This means something very significant. It changes our perspective. Yeah, there's a war going on inside with the old physical sinful self. Our minds need to be renewed. But something radical has happened. And that new creation means that you are accepted. You are secure. And you are significant. So much so, it is your new identity. The slate was wiped clean and all the things you thought about yourself before. You were worried about being left out. You were worried about being alone. You were worried about not being enough. You were worried about being insignificant. You were worried about being insecure and you were insecure. All of this is gone. You are a new creation and the definition, according to the scriptures, of those that are a new creation are put this slide up for me accepted you're accepted you are secure and you are significant I am accepted I am secure and I am significant I am accepted and I am secure and I am significant and I've got to live that way listen to what this means 
I get into a relationship because I'm alone? Over here. I get in, I, I work harder at work because I am, I am so worried about being rejected. That's over here. I, I push people away because I'm so f- afraid of being hurt. I, I am struggling with, with depression. It rules my life because I don't see value in my life. Right? That's the old way of thinking. A new way of thinking says something like this. I get into relationships and I get out of relationships because of my relationship, because my identity is in God. That's a new way of thinking. I, I, I work hard at, at, at work, at school, in my family, because I know that I can make an impact for God for eternity. I don't worry about whether or not people like me or what they will think about me because God loves me and I am secure. I, I, I live out my retirement with purpose because I know that I can make a difference for eternity. That is the new life, the one that anyone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ is experiencing with the sinless spirit within you. It's a fresh start. Here's what I want to do. I want you to take out, you got a sheet of paper when you came in today? Did everybody get a blank sheet of paper? I want you to take out that paper and I want you to put at the top, salvation equals I am accepted, I am secure, I am significant. You can use a hymnal to write on or one of the Bibles. I am accepted, I am secure, I am significant. Go to the next slide. Here's what the scripture tells us about being accepted. I am united with the Lord. I am one in spirit with him. I have been bought with a price I belong. I am God's child. You put your faith in Christ, he calls you friend. He justifies you. Go to the next slide. This is what it means to be secure. I'm surround, I'm uh, uh, assured that all things work together for God, for the good of those who love him. I am free from anything that might condemn me. I, I, I cannot be separated from God. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God won't let go of you. The Holy Spirit is the seal and the guarantee. You're not going to slip and fall out of his grasp. I'm free from condemnation. Go to the next slide. I am significant. God actually calls you the light of the world, the salt and light of the earth. That's who you are. Sounds significant, right? You are his ambassador. You actually represent him. The bottom verse there says, your your ministry is the ministry of God. You are bringing people to God. You just became the priest. The way in which people are reconciled through the grace of Jesus Christ. Your life matters. You are actually the temple of God. The thing 
that was the place, the presence of God. People pilgrimage, take pilgrimage to it. That is you. You are significant. Your life matters. Go to the next slide with me. This is what I want you to do. I want to take the next couple of minutes and I want you to ask yourself these questions. If I am accepted, secure, and significant, how should this affect me? My current thoughts, my current situation, my current actions. Okay, we're going to get real application focused here, right? My current thoughts, my current situation, my current actions. Let me give you an example. Maybe there's some single people here who their, their thought is, I'm, I'm worried about being alone. And if these things are true, if salvation is here, then my thoughts should be, I'm not alone. And my situation is, I don't need a girlfriend to be secure or boyfriend. Why, or the, the last one there, what would my action be then? I can wait. I can wait for the right woman. I can wait for the right man. I don't have to get into something that I know is not right. I'm not worried about being alone. That's the power of salvation. Let me give you another example. Um, how about maybe you're, current situation is um, a sickness or a struggle in your life, something that's defeating you, you know? If salvation is true and these things are true, I am not defeated. My current situation, maybe there's a sickness, a cancer, something. It's not the end of the story. I am sick, but it's not my eternity. And the action then is I can trust God and I can celebrate my future in him. You get where I'm going with this? I want you to take a moment here. I'm going to give you time actually during the service to do this. And just sort of take some time to fill this out. Can we do that? Let's go ahead. Take a couple minutes there and fill that out. So the extrovert in me is telling me that the silence is really awkward. <laughs> Listen to this verse. Peter tells us, he says, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. And that salvation... That new you, it means something for today. Friends, you are accepted. You are secure. And you are significant. You are accepted. And you are secure. And you are significant. We're only scratching the surface. I want to spend some time on this. We're going to talk more about this in the next couple of weeks. God's got something for you, a new start. The old is gone and the new has come. Would you pray with me? <coughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much 
for your word this morning. You are so committed to our salvation in an almost mysterious way. Without anything from us, you come in and you forgive us. You pay for us. You, you live with us again. You reconcile us. And you make sure we're not going anywhere because you remake us. <coughs> Heavenly Father, I want to give you the glory of that. And in this beautiful season of grace where we're given the ministry of reconciliation, Lord, may we be all that you've created us to be. And may we live in the new creation, aligned to the word of God and living in the understanding that we are accepted by you. We don't have needs because we're secure in you. And our lives are significant because of you. I pray that you bless each and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, amen.